Greetings, citations, and all that jazz from sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful. This is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I am your host, David Pack, and with me, as always, is my identical twin brother, Michael. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for listening. All right, this episode is brought to you by the uh, Oreo uh, Java Chip flavor. Yeah, another another triumph from Oreo. Yeah, um, so go ahead to your store if you don't have them yet. Uh, they're not too strong of a coffee flavor. You get more chocolate. Uh, they, that's probably because of the chocolate cookie and the chocolate chips and the Java stuff. So, but you do get a hint. Uh, just a little um, on, on the barely you can see it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's meant to go after that Java chip ice cream flavor. But it's, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to not be a big fan of coffee at all. I can drink it now. I definitely want cream and sugar in it. But this is even sweeter than that, obviously. So even if you don't like coffee, I think these are worth a try. Yes, I, uh, I highly recommend. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? I think one of the main topics that we're going to be discussing is um, we, I saw a news story, I guess it was a week or two ago now, that said that family video was going out of business, which was like the last surviving main uh, nationwide uh, video rental chain. And there's sort of a nostalgic feeling about that. You know, what does that mean that there's not going to be any, I guess, nationwide place where you go to physically rent movies? Right. And I think that's something, well, I guess this episode, like many of ours, but maybe more so, just from the nature of the topic, it's going to be more of a, a dive into nostalgia a little bit, thinking about that kind of the end of an era and what that means. And I think maybe, I don't know the demographics of our listeners really, but I'm sure that quite a few of them have memories of, you know, what was it like before there were rental stores or, you know, places to rent videos? And do you remember when they came on the scene? And do you have any great memories of them? So, you know, thinking about, think about those as we talk about, you know, some of these items and relive some of your memories as we relive ours. Right, yeah, especially for the younger listeners, if there are any. It's unimaginable. I mean, what's available now versus what was available then. Uh, it's changed so much during my lifetime. It makes me feel old when I think about it too much. Yeah, I was doing some reading uh, earlier about, okay, how did these video rental stores come about? And I didn't get much into it, but I did see that there were some uh, court cases. Oh, I, this, I, I didn't do any kind of research like that. Uh, well, so there was Sony of America versus Universal City Studios. And also Disney was part of this lawsuit as well. They were trying, Universal and Disney were trying to sue Sony from uh, trying to ban the sale of VCRs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, that would have killed the industry right in its yeah, uh, so, beginnings. So, you know, these video cassette recorders came on the scene, and you can put in a tape, and you can record, you know, your TV show or your movie. But they thought, if you do that, if somebody records it, they'll have their own copy. They don't need to buy a copy from us or go to see a movie. So we don't want anyone to have a VCR. <laughs> wow. And they, of course, lost that. But later, they also took them back to court to try to ban the rental of videotapes. They did not want people to have the ability to rent them. Well, okay, you can sell them, but no, no, people can't rent them. That's even worse because now we sell one copy to you and you can rent them a bunch of times and that cuts into our, our profit. 
Uh, but of course, they lost that too. And hence, we do have, or at least we had, video rental stores. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I wonder how many of these things that Hollywood or these movie studios or whoever was behind this tried to fight that ended up making them a ton of money. Yeah, I know. I guess they really didn't see the long-term appeal of this, people having their own copies. And, you know, not that they had to make the movie again. All they have to do is just print out these tapes and, you know, they get licensed by the different movies. So they get their money over and over and over again. And now we'll put it on a different, you know, like a deluxe edition and you get to do the same movie again. So I think they were kind of short-sighted in in their uh, fear of the VCR industry. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I remember... Vividly, though, when we got our first VCR, I remember it was huge. It was big. It was bulky. Uh, I can't. I don't remember the brand. Uh, no, I'm. I have no idea what the brand was. I know it was a VHS. There were two standards back then. There was Betamax. I don't know if that was any research you did. No, I didn't. And VHS tapes. And VHS was the winner. Although maybe Betamax was better when it came to. It seemed like they were more compact, possibly. Maybe yeah. better quality. I feel like I they were smaller, I, but I can't even tell. I mean, this is how much research I've done. I don't even know what VHS stands for. Maybe I should know. Yeah, but I, have, I don't know. I'm not going to hazard a guess even, but uh, video, I would go that far. <laughs> um, you're probably right. <laughs> but I would say that I remember getting that, and I remember the concept of being able to tape television programs while I was at school was very intriguing to me because there was a lot of television, daytime television during summer break that I would enjoy watching. And of course, when I'm in school, they don't, I, I don't get to see it. And then on the weekends, they show different programming. So I'm not getting to see my video, not video games, my, my game shows, right, right. Uh, my Bewitched or I Dream of Genie type things. Uh, that, that stuff that I was really into as a kid. I mean, there's a kind of a game show resurgence going on right now, but you do not understand how many game shows there were in the 80s. There were tons of them. Right. A lot of the game shows that are popular today are just reboots from the ones from the 70s and 80s. If you're talking about Match Game, or you're talking about To Tell the Truth, yeah, name that, that show is ancient. And name that tune. You know, these are not new ideas by any stretch. Right, yeah. So, I mean, just looking at, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the new ones have their own plays, but, you know, Joker's Wild or Card Sharks, things like that. that that's old. <laughs> I guess one coming out now called Cherry's Wild, which looks a lot like Joker's Wild, but whatever. Right, but it's, I don't know. I, that doesn't really intrigue me because no. it's new and I like old things. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The older, the better in some ways. Well, you know, 80s, that's the golden time, right? Yeah, well, I think any time you, you grew up when you were a, a young adult or a high schooler or maybe even from fourth, fifth grade, you know, that's kind of a golden time, maybe. Mm-hmm. So do you remember our first um, video rental store? Yes, I believe so. If, do, if you're thinking of the same one I'm thinking of. Uh, Magic Land Video. Yes, Magic Land Video. That was the local video store in uh, Oceana, the first one. I remember, I think it was either mom or dad came home and was like, hey, there's a place where you can rent movies. And it was, I don't know if they just put this in the mailboxes or whatever, uh, but there was just on a sheet of paper, 
all the movies that they had to rent. I remember that. It was a single sheet of paper, not particularly small print either. I no, mean, no, you could kind of glance at it and get your take your pick. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just like a single sheet, like eight and a half by eleven, or if it was one of those like folded in half deals to like where, a trifold yeah, or something. Yeah, or yeah, I just I couldn't remember, but I remember it being a small piece of paper. And I sure ha- wish I still had it. And, oh, I would give anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> just from just what was you know, I, I always think you know when they were starting in this business, what did they choose? Was there a lot? To, they probably didn't have a great deal of movies to choose from back in the day because mm-hmm. the licensing and the production wasn't at all like it is today. Oh yeah, and they were not cheap. I mean, if you're thinking about in the '80s money to buy like a tape to bring home was not done. I mean, it cost like eighty or ninety dollars in money back then uh, right, right. to, to uh, buy them. Right, it would be hundreds of dollars today adjusted for inflation, which seems ludicrous. Right, but, you know, it was an okay deal for the uh, v- video rental stores. They could buy a copy, you know, you rent it out, um, I don't know how many times, two, like 20 or so times, and you break even, and then everything after that's just gravy. So, um, yeah, when I was putting my thoughts together for this episode, I could not think of how much movies cost to rent. I think maybe because as the younger kid, I wasn't really paying for it. I was just asking for it to be done and being somewhat spoiled, at least in some areas of my life. It just happened. Yeah, well, as I, as I recall, the, it was a tiered system. So, like, the new releases were, I think, 2 or $3. Sure, and then, I think like, that's right. And, like, they have the older classic ones that were a buck each, if I recall correctly. At least that's how Magic Land rolled. I don't know how, you know, some of the later ones. And we'll get into... You know, stuff like Blockbuster later, but... Um, right, yeah. I, I was just going to mention that briefly, that because, I mean, we grew up in a pretty small town. We didn't have major chain video stores. And maybe, I don't know really the history of Blockbuster to know if Blockbuster was a chain at this point. It was so early in the game. Right. But I remember also just walking into Magicland and thinking that it was so cool. Just And that's the experience. I mean, you can browse through things on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever, but it does not replicate the experience of walking through the aisles of a store and just seeing all the movies that they had. And just sometimes the box art was just, sometimes it's accurate and sometimes it was not at all accurate to what the movie was actually about. And it was just kind of this mysterious feeling of, ooh, what's this movie going to be about? Well, all I have is this picture, and maybe if I'm lucky, a description on the back of what this movie's about. (laughs) Right, exactly. And as a kid, you're not really paying attention to the details of pop culture. So you could just walk in, and you could find a movie you didn't even know existed, or a sequel, like, I didn't know they made another one of these type of movies. This is crazy. I want to see this. Right, right. Um, Just because your finger was not on the pulse of things like that. And there was no way to get your finger on the pulse. I mean, right, if yeah. you've got like, you know, but like magazines that talk about movies, you could do it, but it's not like you walk up to your computer and, you know, search for movies. The internet has opened up things in ways that, uh, just, we didn't have back then. And of course, <laughs> right. And ended up killing <laughs> the VHS. Store. But yeah. anyway. I mean, there was no internet movie database because there was no internet. Uh, there were like books, I guess you could buy that talked about movies. Yeah, and, and get some like, Leonard Maltin book, like the thousand movies to watch or whatever. Right, and this was also a time when, when they would clear the schedules, the networks would for Saturday and Sunday night very often to show uh, first run, not first run movies, but movies that were first run on television after being out in the theaters. And it wasn't like, okay, this is out in theaters now. Three months later. 
it's on television. It would be at least, what, two or three years? Two or three years, and it was an event. Sunday night, like CBS, Sunday at the movies, and, you know, it's some movie that was out three years ago, but you're excited, like, oh, my goodness, I finally get to see this again. I saw it in the theater, and, I, it, like, it disappeared. Right. Like, I know that Superman... Uh, with Christopher Reed, that came out in, what, 79, I think? Uh, yeah, late 70s. I'm thinking 78, 79, somewhere around yeah, there. Somewhere around there. But I remember, I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I was too young. But I do remember seeing it on television. Like, Tonight, it's Superman. Just, you know, being really excited about that. Oh, yeah, just uh, thrilled. Because if you wanted to see it any other way, there was no other way in, in you know, Bailey'sville, West Virginia, to, to go see that movie. It wasn't in the theater. You'd have to drive. And, of course, it wasn't out in the theater when, we, when, you know, we were young enough to see it. Right. So it was, you know, having a movie on television was a huge event. Now, I think I've mentioned it before with The Wizard of Oz. It came on once a year. And if you didn't see it, you missed it. You just had to wait until next year. So the, the, the ability, when it came around, if you had your own VCR to record one of those movies, to record a Superman or a Wizard of Oz was, um, you hit the jackpot. Like, okay, now I can watch this whenever I want. And kids to, you know, uh, kids today are just like kids back then. They want to watch the movie over and over again. Right. And if I look back in my youth, the movies that I watched the most were the ones that I had a copy of. So I saw Superman 3, a ton of times. <laughs> uh, not so much one and two because I didn't have copies of them, but I had Superman 3 and I watched it a lot. Yeah. And it's just whatever I had. Weird Science, okay, I guess I'm watching that again because I have that one. Or, you know, European Vacation. Not Vacation, European <laughs> Vacation. Just, and sometimes these were taped off of HBO and a friend had it or lent the tape so you could lend a tape to someone and, hey, look, we have this movie now. Yeah, the whole HBO was a big thing too. We never had HBO growing up. I don't know. Some of that might have just been the fact that our cable company didn't offer it. Yeah, we some didn't have cable. I mean, we just had the regular networks. Right. We didn't have a cable box. It just whatever came to the coax cable, which is a whole other discussion. But, but we knew some people had HBO and, oh, they could tape movies. And, you know, they would somehow wander into our house and maybe they just ended up there. <laughs> uh, not through nefarious means, just, you know, because, hey, here's a copy or, or two or something. But uh, it, I remember that... You know, the HBO, the feature presentation music, that was an exciting thing in and of itself on, on a different subject. But that was obviously where you could watch unedited movies, no commercials. And uh, sometimes they were, I wouldn't say of higher quality, but of different quality, I guess, what you'd see on network television. You know, uh, you would get, They would get uh, first-run movies a little bit quicker than the than uh, right, yeah. network would. Probably had money for licensing that the networks didn't. Right, and there would be sometimes bidding wars, like, all right, who's going to get the cable rights to this movie? Who's going to get the network rights to this movie? Um, and, of course, the network always comes out after the cable and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. So after, Now, we didn't just have that limited one uh, movie rental place in Oceano. Then we got a second one called Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, that was a, a big day. I remember that one. That showed up in Oceana Square. That was... Exciting because it was near Goodson's, the local supermarket. So it was just a way you could just run over there real quick. It was a good spot. Yeah, uh, pick up a pizza from Pizza Hut and get a movie. And man, what is a better weekend? <laughs> you pick up some comics from Magic Mart, and you're living the dream. <laughs> but uh, we were at least I wouldn't say friends, but we were acquaintances with the owner there, uh, Linda. Uh, and uh, she would sometimes pull aside first-run movies for us. But it was so funny because people don't understand this. 
uh, whenever new movies were going to be coming out, they would have like a sign and a little like place where you could go see the new movies that are coming out. Like, and it would just be a poster. For example, like uh, a movie that would be in the eighties, like uh, I don't know, Top Gun. Top Gun. And so you would go to this table, and they'd have a poster of Top Gun, and then they would have a piece of paper below it and a pen. And you would put your name down on the list. And so what they would do is whenever that movie came in, they would start at the top of the list and they would call you. And they would say, hey, this movie's in. Come get it. And then you would go get the movie and then you would watch it and then you'd come back and you'd give it to them. And then they would call the next person on the list and say, hey, this movie's in. Come get it. <laughs> that, that was the mechanism for uh, reserving movies. At least that's how it rolled in uh, Entertainment Tonight. I, I had forgotten about that. That's hilarious. Because I remember writing down my name countless times yeah. for new releases. But I'd completely forgotten that system until you just mentioned Oh, but that. it was great to get that call. Hey, Top Gun's in. <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> probably, oh, we probably weren't I, cool enough for that. Can I go to Oceana? I got a movie to get. Right, yeah. Oh, that. yeah, I remember that now. That's hilarious. Um, it, it, I was thinking about other uh, movie rental companies who did it a different way. You know, sometimes they would have like a little, um, there would be a box behind the movie box itself, or there'd be a little token you could bring to the counter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that you would pick what movie you wanted. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not being very clear. When you wanted to go get a movie, there might be a little ring that that, you could... That's how it worked in a a magic land. They would have little like... um, Almost like a keychain, but not yeah, quite. Yeah, not quite. Almost like a keychain, yeah. They would have the boxes with the, you know, like the picture of the uh, movie and then a little, like, token, for lack of a better term, hanging below it on, like, a little thumbtack or a little pushpin. Right. And you would take that off and you would carry it to the person and that, this is the movie I want. And that way they could, you know, actually get the tape to give you. Uh, and other systems had it. I think Entertainment Tonight had something similar to that. They did. Um, a blockbuster had just, you know, they had the movie um, box there, but then behind it, they would have the actual tape. So you just go pick up the uh, box and then, you know, put the tape and then you'd have it ready to go. And that's how you, you knew if it was in stock or not. If you, there was a box behind it, it was in stock. Otherwise, it was out of stock. Right, right. So, I mean, that was always a painful thing when with those... Um, rental stores who didn't run on that list, <laughs> that numbered list where you put your name down, if that movie you wanted was out of stock, that was a terrible feeling. I mean, you, at that point, you had to settle for something that you had already seen and liked, or if you were feeling adventurous, you were going to try something new. Uh, again, that, that concept of exploration, I mean, you can just scroll, scroll, scroll through yeah, forever. Uh, yeah, Netflix or, you know... Uh, Hulu or something like that, but it's not the same thing. I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon or uh, question it. There's infinitely more choice now as far as your ability to watch almost anything from any platform at any time. Yeah, instantly. But but there is something special about that. And, and the worst, though, was when you got a movie, you opened up the case and, oh, no, it's not rewound. I've got to rewind it. That was a pain. I mean, they would always say, be kind, rewind. Right, because what's worse than, all right, I'm ready to watch a movie. You put it in, you press play, boom, you're in the middle of the movie. Now you got to stop, rewind it, which is not a quick thing. It's like a minute or two, and then you can start watching your movie. Yeah, we. I know at one point later in the game, we actually 
The family invested in a VCR tape rewinder. Yeah, we had our own little mechanism that you put tapes in, and all it did was just rewind them. The thought being that somehow, I, I think the conceit was VCRs are meant to play the tapes in one direction. And when you use them to rewind the tape completely over and over again, that increases the wear and tear. And uh, it's better just to use a separate device for rewinding the tape. Which just sounds like a lie. <laughs> it but, sounds uh, completely ridiculous. But I don't know. It, it always, I mean, if you want to, like, I'm sure you could find audio clips on YouTube or other um, services. These things were not quiet. It, it was loud. And, I mean, when it would stop at the end of a tape, it was pow. You know, it would just stop, you know, and it would, <laughs> you know, it would uh, audible click when it hit the end of the tape. <laughs> yeah, you feel like that tape's going to snap if it gets rewound one too many times. Yeah, 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 you wonder. I mean, there were a lot of drawbacks to the technology. Uh, there was a concept called tracking because oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the tapes would sometimes have, I, I don't want to, I don't know how to describe it, distortions or... Yeah, it almost um, looked like it's like the screen was flipping, like half of it was on the top and the other, like the top half was on the bottom and the bottom was on the top or it was like kind of like... I almost want to say that it's wrinkled, like the screen is kind of almost looked like it's folded over. Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of would look like it, you'd start seeing like this little line of static in the middle or at the top or the bottom. It wouldn't hold the whole thing wouldn't be staticky, but uh, it was definitely an issue. And there was a little device or a little knob on the side of it or the front of it where you could adjust the tracking, and somehow that would help. I don't know what you know. Yeah, Sorcery was going on inside the box when you were working with the tracking, but it seemed to help. I don't know if it's like taking up slack or making it more taut or something. I don't know. Or lining it, was, it up and down. I don't know. It does not. I, I do know one thing I remember is at one point we had a really, uh, we had ran this VCR to death and, and you had to, you know, finesse it a little bit. You could play tapes, but if you wanted to rewind them, you had to stop it first and rewind it, because if you tried to rewind the tape while it was playing, it would mess up, and the tape would get stuck. That's right, like, because the actual tape that made up the uh, video cassette would start winding itself in the guts of this machine, and you would have to be careful to extricate it, like, take the machine apart to try to get the tape out. Yeah, and... it sounds ridiculous now. I mean, DVDs are such, or Blu-rays at this point, or 4K or whatever it's on now, are such a smoother technology. I mean, they can get scratched. They, they're not without their own flaws, but they don't even have to worry about getting stuck in the machine or getting unwound. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is the 80s. We had cassettes for everything. We had video cassettes. We had music cassettes. Right. We just thought tapes were the way to go, man, <laughs> for everything. Yeah, we had graduated from 8-track, which was also a tape, but never mind that. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, oh, and then they have this ability to now, hey, we can't not just rent movies. We can also rent video games. That was a big advancement for me in my Nintendo days, for sure. <laughs> oh, that was huge, yeah, for Nintendo. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can actually, because Nintendo games, again, were expensive. So the ability to rent this game, I don't know if I like it or not. I'm going to try to rent it. And uh, found a lot of good games that way. Yeah, and some games... I mean, they were like long games. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to beat it in just one, you know, two or three night rental. I'm not sure why we rented it. I guess just because it was fun. But then there were some games that we rented so many times that 
In the long run, it probably would have been cheaper just to buy them. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I know pool games, for some reason, we like to, to rent. Yeah, side pocket lunar pool. I don't know how many times we played that. Was, not like we were exactly pool sharks or anything. <laughs> I know. Well, we really liked the pool table, you know, that they had one at the Ryder Canteen, which they, is they, not too yeah, far away. They rented movies there, too, by the and way. And they did rent movies there, too, yes. So, uh, I mean, really, at one point, they were everywhere. You could rent them in the gas station. Yeah, um, grocery remember, stores. One of the first things... 7-Eleven did have one. Yeah, one, yeah, or Super America or whatever it was Yeah, yeah. back in the day. I know when we were visiting family in Indiana one time, I think, I want to say we went to the library. Yes. And they had a list, kind of like the Magic Land list, but longer, of movies. And I want to say we got some kind of Disney movie like Herbie yeah, or something. I remember that because I think Dwayne took us there. And he did. Our cousin he was Dwayne pati- took us. He had the patience of Job because it took us forever to pick out a movie there. And I remember him just like... <laughs> You know, not losing his patience, but near losing patience. Like, just please pick one so we can go. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Dwayne. Appreciate your patience. <laughs> uh, but then um, we never really had a Blockbuster video, but I do remember going to the Blockbuster video when we would visit a uh, family in Indiana. Yeah, I do remember they had one, you know, until several years ago, they all went out of business. But that, that d- seemed to impress me more for the... Uh, the selection. Yeah, and it just uh, took it to a new level. Right. The system. Oh, you have your own membership card. And uh, it just seemed official. You know, like this is, this is the way it's supposed to be done. Right. And you could also not just rent video games. You could also rent video systems. Like if you didn't have a Sega, you could rent a uh, Sega. I do remember renting a Sega Master System. Yes. That, yeah, the first Sega, Sega Master System. I sound like an old person renting a Sega. Which one, dummy? Um, Sega Master System. Uh, the one with, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, because I didn't have that. And I wanted, no, Genesis. Genesis, that's what we wanted to rent. Yeah, I Genesis think. had Sonic. I think Sega Master System had, like, was it Kid Chameleon, or yeah, was that Alex, also Genesis? Or that Alex Kid in Miracle World or something? I can't remember. I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I remember we, renting a, <laughs> we are old, so we yeah, don't remember all this. We rented a Genesis one time. I do remember that. I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> if I recall correctly, the controller didn't survive. Uh, I, I can't remember. I, think, um, I, th- I remember going to having to go to Magic or not uh, Magic Mart and buying a controller to put with the system. Like, hey, this is the controller that was with the system. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, I think that I can't remember. There was an unfortunate accident with that controller. Yeah, but oh well. <laughs> like, oops, sorry. I don't think that they noticed or cared. No, I I think you're exactly right there. Um, now, Family Video. That was the last one that was around, but I don't really remember going there honestly no I, I i remember just walking in a few times and i'm sure i probably rented a few things but i couldn't tell you what it was it would seem like blockbuster was the way to go i mean family video stuck around but at that point things were starting to transition a little bit that's when netflix first started coming up on the scene and when i mean netflix it's not like what it is now this was actually you go on to a website and we have a list of DVDs that we will mail you, and that when you're done, you mail us back, which sounds ridiculous, but it actually worked very well for them for years. Right, and so I guess if you want to see movies that way, you know, I guess to go up and browse something and pick a movie, there is still Redbox, which is kind of like yeah. an experience, but not really. I do like Redbox and the fact that it's tangible. You still have that somewhat same feeling, but it's not at all like being able to just wander around and explore. Somehow that physical presence and that tangible uh, experience can't be really, you, you can't duplicate it. No, no. Um, because 
you can do, duplicate parts of it. Okay, you're walking up to this thing, and you're kind of scrolling through movies, but you're not... You can't pick it up and look at it and set it back down. I don't know why that makes a difference, but it, it makes a difference to me. And it, it just seemed to me more like an event, too, when you were younger. You're going to go to this place. You're going to get a movie. You're going to go home and watch it. And you, something you're looking forward to. And now I can just sit down and I'm like, oh, well, I watch Jeopardy. Now what? Well, I guess I watch a movie. You just almost take it for granted, the, the um, power. <laughs> that right, have, yeah, yeah. For lack of a better term. That's a good point. One one. Thing I, I forgot I wanted to mention uh, with the uh, entertainment tonight, a funny story about the when you would rent a movie, they would give you the movie in a box, and the box would have a little sticker on it with the initials of the uh, the uh, rental store ET. And yeah, that's just like where did I get this from? Well, uh, do I turn this back to Magic Land? No, no, right here is the ET. That means I got it from Entertainment Tonight. Right. <laughs> and our poor dad, he would, you know, he'd be working nights sometimes. He'd come back and see, oh, we rented a movie. And he thought that we rented E.T., the extraterrestrial movie. <laughs> and he must have thought we rented it over and over again because he's like, why do they keep renting that? <laughs> he probably thought, all right, maybe I'll watch one of these movies. Let me see what it is. Oh, wait, it's E.T. <laughs> he never, you know, thought or for whatever reason to open it up and see what was in there. Sometimes the cases were clear where you could do that, but sometimes they weren't. It was just like a black case. Yeah, and it like had, an opaque case. Yeah, and it had some, you know, obscure number on it because they would, you know, pick up a ring or whatever and take it to the person and they would give you the box. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he poor just, dad. He just thought we went to E.T. all the time. And <laughs> Yeah, some, um, you know, uh, I guess places had different schemes for getting movies like that. I think it leaves video in Anderson. They had a, they just give you like a little piece of paper and you would like write down the numbers on it and give them that, if I recall correctly. I think that's right. I don't know how that would work as far as like, this is out of stock. Yeah. yeah that seems strange to me. Was it, I don't, that seems like an odd system. But again, I thought Lee's was neat when we would visit just because the selection it was two seemed story. unparalleled. It was a two-story video store, which was ridiculous. I don't know how much they invested into that. And that poor store has been closed now, sat empty for years. But it was amazing in its heyday. It, it was like, as far as I was concerned, the place to go because they had the biggest selection of movies, the biggest selection of Nintendo games. Uh, again, you could rent like a Genesis or whatever. So it was really neat. Yes, it was. Sorry, you kids and adults that may be listening to this missed it if you did. And if you didn't miss it, just sit back and think how lucky you were to get to experience that. Right. Now, you did uh, things that you didn't miss, probably, <laughs> would be late fees. That was an annoying thing. Yes, very. Uh, when you wouldn't return the movie on time, they would charge you an, ex- an extra fee, sometimes the, the full price, especially if it was a new release, uh, because they missed out on a sale. And... Uh, uh, we mentioned the tracking, but another pain. Sometimes you'd get the tape and it just was damaged. It wouldn't play. Yep, it was garbled. Uh, the, the tape was bent. Whoever had it before had not taken care of it. Or I don't know if the lizard dog chewed or what happened to it, but it just wouldn't play. Right, or it, it would, worse, it would get in the middle of the movie and then it was just messed up. Yep. Uh, it's not like they had a thing where you couldn't record over them, you know, so I guess to you know, accidentally try to record something when you had their tape. But uh, it's still, there, there were ways somehow that these got damaged, and uh, it was always a pain when you got one of those and you got it home and you were excited to watch it, and it either wouldn't work or it would only work partially. And no matter how much you fiddle with the tracking, it wasn't going to get any better. Right. We don't have that to worry about anymore, for sure. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any other memories I have about them. 
right now. I just remember, you know, it was very special. The, that special feeling of like, ooh, this is an event to rent something. Right, yeah. I would just say, the only other thing I could think of was it was a huge, huge deal, at least in the pack household, when I think it was McDonald's let you actually purchase the Indiana Jones movies oh, yeah, and the yeah, Star yeah. Wars trilogy. That was insane. You know, just, oh, I get to own these movies because they were all classics as far as I was concerned as a kid and even today. So, wow, I get to own these. That was a big, big deal. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking, like, like was this really that long ago? I'm pretty sure I wasn't a kid anymore. I, I feel like I, am on, I was in my either late teens or early 20s when that happened. That, that's, that's still a big deal. <laughs> but, and, yeah. And compared to where I am now, I, I was still a kid. Um, oh, that's I, true. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, obviously, you know, in my footy pajamas at that point, but it was still an exciting uh, event. You know, oh, I'm in high school, but still, I can own these movies again. They were not cheap, but these, I think, were like the low, low price of $20 or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly maybe how much cheaper. it was. Maybe, maybe cheaper. cheaper. I don't know, but I just remember thinking, this is a big deal. This is obtainable, yeah. I don't know why they did it. I, there must have been some reason. I guess get people into the store. I think it was McDonald's. I yeah, didn't look enough think, into that. I think it was McDonald's, and I feel like I'm, I'm sure that the movie Paramount or whoever was with them said, hey, you're going to you know, offer this. I'm sure they paid a, for McDonald's to do that, or they worked together to make this happen. Yeah, either way, it, it was an exciting deal. I think we still have those tapes somewhere at mom and dad's house, too. I, I do. We don't throw much away. I still have a working VCR. I actually saw a Facebook ad the other day for a, a company that's selling VCRs again. All right. Well, I think that, you know, vinyl made a comeback. I don't know if VHS would make a comeback. I tell you what, this is your million-dollar idea if you want a million-dollar idea. So you license VHS rights to new movies. So, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is a obvious choice. You know, it's retro. Why wouldn't you want Guardians of the Galaxy on VHS? Which, and on its face, you think, well, no, I could get it on DVD. But vinyl is big. So what you do is you make copies of that, right? You get your license, and then you limit it to, like, a thousand copies. And you put something cool in it, some sort of replica of something, make it look vintage, make it part of a series, and then you just make it limited, like a thousand of these. Yeah, I think that that would be a good idea. I actually still have a working VCR. I've still got old tapes from when I was a kid where I recorded things off the television. Um, that, would be, that would be a great idea, because I think there's... I mean, it's, it's obviously... Like you, like you had mentioned, vinyl's making a comeback. Trying to watch some of the VCR tapes now compared to high-definition 4K, it's, it's not pleasant, at least as far as the, no. the detail. But there is something about that retro feel that, uh, similar to vinyl, it's hard to put into words, but you can't really duplicate it. It's, no. uh, it's, it's, it's special in its own way. Right. I think there's at least a thousand people who would be interested in it, and that's all you would need. Yeah, I think so. That is a good idea. Someone take that and run. Give us credit. <laughs> All right. Any more talk about movies? No, I think I am VCR movie rental talked out. All right. Well, uh, before we go, I want to at least mention one more thing, and that is there's a new Hershey's candy bar out, and it is going to be given the Watch McCulloch candy bar 
a run for its money. It's actually a companion bar of the Whatchamacallit, and it's called Who's He Wats It? Now, that's cool. And it's a layer of peanut butter cream joined by rice crisps and covered in a chocolatey coating. This is the first new bar from the Whatchamacallit brand in a decade. Well, that sounds very exciting. And actually came up with a name. They submitted a naming idea for the candy bar with $5,000 and a year supply of the bar going to the winner. And there were 40,000 entries. Uh, uh, Lisa M. from Framingham, Massachusetts came up with Who's He Wats It? And they just loved it. And so that's what it's called, a Who's He Wats It? So if you're walking down the aisle and you see uh, Who's He Wats It? Say, watch him call that. It's a Who's He Wats It? <laughs> let, let me try that. And I'm sure it's delicious. I'll be on the lookout for it for sure. Right, and just scrolling through my Instagram looking for snack news because it's what I do. There's someone who was brought in uh, and has located a Cheez-It brand loaded popcorn. Loaded popcorn? Yeah, white cheddar and regular cheddar. Hmm. I wonder why it's called loaded popcorn. I don't know. How are you feeling? It's got to be like really thick or something. Maybe there's a lot of extra... Dust or whatever? Yeah, flavoring or whatever you want to call that on there. I, I would be intrigued. I would try it. So I don't know if that's... Again, with, with Instagram, you don't always know if this is even local to the country or not. I assume it's, it's in America. Uh, yeah. But I haven't done enough uh, research onto this to... to really Still on the lookout for the game day uh, chili lays. Um, I'll uh, keep looking. I saw that at Sam's Club. If you've got a Sam's Club membership, you're in luck. They're going to have a limited edition peanut M&M's candy pop exclusive which is like a box or a bag of popcorn but it's got candy mixed into it uh, and it's popcorn with M&M's mixed in that sounds wonderful so and you know what I think mom and dad have a uh, Sam's Club maybe we can corral them into a Sam's Club when they come visit and we can pick up a bag of candy pop popcorn yes I, I like that idea that sounds like something that I would like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think Red Lobster also has a burger out now, like a Wagyu burger, which is kind of crazy. I really don't know how a burger from Red Lobster would be. I would try it, I guess. Oh, but, poor uh, Red Lobster. I don't, they just can't get themselves figured out. I mean, it's, I'm a bad uh, choice to be a fan of theirs anyway because I'm not a big fan of seafood. But I still will go, and their biscuits are great, and I enjoy their... Uh, Cajun chicken pasta, but a cheeseburger? That's just not the first thing I think of when I think of a Red Lobster. Oh, and uh, the Shamrock Shake coming back, uh, I think, in a week's time. Uh, well, February, February 15th. If you're listening to this, you know, like in 2027 or whatever, then I really don't know what to tell you, but in 2021, <laughs> that's when it comes back. Good to know. All right. Well, uh, I think crypto's scratching up the door. Uh, unless... Anything else is up? I don't think so. No, nope, no. nothing else. All right. Oh, recently tried the Detroit-style pizza oh, at, yeah, from Pizza yeah, Hut. Yeah. That was good. Real quick. Uh, the Detroit-style pizza from Pizza Hut is really good. It's um, I'm not sure if Detroit-style, except that there's cheese all the way to the edge, and it gets kind of this caramely, like, crispy cheese on the edges, and it's got a lot of sauce on the top. And yeah, the sauce is on the top, which is kind of weird. Oh, and you've got regular pepperoni and pepperoni cups on there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I would recommend it. it it's, a, it's a good taste in pizza. All right. So now that we've got you a dessert and a, and a regular meal and a snack to go with it, I think our work is done here. 
All right. Now you're ready to rent a movie and snack all night. Yes. I know that's what I'm going to do probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you uh, want to hear more about us ranting and raving about the past and how much better it was, uh, you know what? Subscribe. Go to iTunes for Pack Brothers Podcast and you can hit the subscribe button. If you're feeling extra nice, you can leave a positive review about how great it is. Uh, you can go to our email, packbrospodcast, P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S, podcast at gmail.com, and send us your uh, memories of going to the video rental store and uh, all the great things that you remembered or maybe we forgot about. And who knows, we might even read them on a future episode. Yep. Check out our website, packbrospodcast.com, or on Twitter, at packbrospodcast. And facebook.com slash podcast. Yep, we're everywhere. <laughs> That's right. You literally can't escape us. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will record another episode eventually. All right. See you next time. Thank you.